0: Hi, it's Paul Antonelli here. Welcome to another episode of the Ideal Business Podcast. Uh, Our aim is to help you um, either create or transform your business into your ideal business. Uh, At the moment, uh, you can see it's quite sunny. It's early in the morning, but I'm located in uh, in Tasmania now, which is a small island, just uh, part of Australia, Um, located on the northeast corner on a place called Anson Bay, which you can see behind me. I've um, just been travelling around Tasmania in the last uh, couple of weeks, just exploring what uh, this amazing location has to offer. And it's, it's part of my ideal business to be able to, to do this. Okay, today uh, what I'd like to talk about, um, one of the things that really enables uh, the businesses that I run to deliver absolutely optimum outcomes to, to our clients and to, to anyone that we engage with, it's it's all about the team uh, and how you build your team and how you put that together. So today's podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit about building an international team. Uh, why why do I think it's important and uh, and just some some tips on how you go about doing that? So you would have uh, one of my previous podcasts, which talks about the three P tension, talks about the uh, the optimum outcome from any business really is if you're able to deliver an optimum outcome to the clients yourself as a business owner and to all your team members and so solving problems for each of those three groups of people um, means that the the business model that you've got will will actually deliver an optimum outcome will actually operate in a way that's uh, that's more ideal and more preferable so one of the uh, challenges in that model is the tension between um, delivering for clients and uh, and engaging the right team, uh, keeping the team really involved in the business and enable them to lead and live an ideal life, which is often not something that's considered. Uh, because it's really core to the way that I like to build businesses, part of the business model process is about making sure that anyone is involved in our business, be them um Contractors or team members or suppliers also uh, are able to achieve their sort of ideal outcome. One of the things that we've, you know, as you know, you know, it's a global world nowadays. There's plenty of opportunity to um, to basically not only service clients globally, but also be able to uh, add team members on a global basis. Currently, at the moment. we're based in Australia. We have clients overseas in different businesses, uh, and we have people that work with us in a range of countries. And this includes um, the Philippines, which we've got a fairly large team there. In uh, in Canada, in the in European Serbia, in the United Kingdom, there's other countries where we also have people to work with us on a short-term basis, and that's France and through different parts of uh, Southeast Asia. So it's become, it was actually one of the philosophies to look at how this could be done. And and there's a couple of reasons for it. Um, Firstly, um, you're able to solve a problem. One of the problems that uh, people have in different locations is the work environment. Um, I've been to Manila a few times in the Philippines. If you've never been there, it's it's an experience. It's a very congested city. Very difficult to get around. You know, it's not uncommon for people to spend one and a half to two, two and a half hours moving around uh, to get to work each day. And uh, the the income that people earn is quite low, subject relative to um, to Western countries. Uh, it's low, but also the cost of living is lower as well. And so, this is a problem in these locations. So one of the ideas behind the way that uh, you can build an international team is look at how you can solve a problem for your potential team members. Uh, and so, for example, you know we've now had uh, team members with us five, six, seven, eight years. It's a long-term process. We've, we've established a bit of a framework for how we go about doing that. And even through these times at the moment, we're still sort of coming out the uh, tail end of this pandemic, uh, but it really hasn't impacted on any of our team uh, at all. Um, so we have a bit of a philosophy that when we when you look at establishing a team in various locations, that they really operate, they were based in the main location, if there is a main location. Uh, so for example, because we're a business, our businesses are, are a little bit of an invisible business. Uh, none of our team, actually, we don't have an office, a centralised office. People operate from mostly from where they live, where they're based. So that makes it much easier to integrate an international team. If, for example, we were... Uh, a team, let's say, in, in Australia where we had an office, um, then there'd be the people in the office and the people outside the office. But because we don't have an office and we operate on different time zones all across Australia, it's a lot easier for us to integrate team members regardless of, of where they are in a, in a virtual framework. It was always the intent, the business has been, we've been operating businesses like this for over a decade and it's it's pretty fundamental so it works really well. It's not that simple where you can just, you know, if you're not used to having uh, team members in remote locations, there's a few things to consider before you go through and do that pass. But overall for your business, uh, building an international team um, is uh, it's a great idea. What I love about it, one of the things I really love about it is you're actually able to find the best people on the planet to work with you on terms that may work better for both your clients and yourself. So, for example, for us in Australia, labor costs are really high, incredibly high. I mean, there's clearly, and we have team members that we work with in Australia, but a lot of the functions that uh, we found that people were either undertaking here in Australia or teams that we would engage wasn't required. You didn't actually need people with those sorts of skills. And so, it's the ability to to make sure that your team members, no matter where they're located, just focus on um, high level. And higher value activities, which is a pretty important process. So typically, you know, we have uh, we have team members uh, in Australia um, that look after different parts of the business, whether it's project managing, management, marketing, finance, whatever it is. And then we'll have team members overseas, um, and there you could. People use the term virtual assistants. They're not really. We don't. We don't really. I don't like the term virtual assistants because they're team members. They just happen to be in different locations. And as they've learnt and worked with us over the years, they've become pretty integral. And they're now a very, very integral part of our business. They understand the business in all different levels. And when our team members in, for example, uh, the Philippines get too busy or we find that they're undertaking tasks which can actually be uh, not not aligned with their skill set, then we find uh, we'll get support for them potentially in their own location as well. So a great example is um, we've got Joe who uh, is our finance manager runs all our accounts and bookkeeping functions across various businesses. Um, You know, to provide support for Joe, we then brought on board uh, Annabelle that works for Joe, and enables Joe to get more done and just uh, some of the lower task activities sort of effectively keep her attention on some of the more important activities. And so this process is is actually really important to consider. It does take a little bit of time to put it together, but one of the biggest differences in operating a business like this is that you're able to really push the edges on customer service, on the way that you want to operate and run your business, even at a smaller scale because of the uh, there is a lower cost base potentially in, in doing this sort of activity. As I've mentioned before, um, we don't really have any full-time staff. It's sort of against sort of our underlying core policy. I don't think anyone should be working full-time five days a week. And so we have team members not only around Australia but around the world that work various areas, might be 20 hours a week, 25 hours a week, 30 hours a week, 16 hours a week, 10 hours a week, whatever it is. And so there's a so there's always someone that wants to fit in and doesn't want to work full-time. Has the skill set, and you can create a bit of a win-win arrangement to be able to do that, and so that's a that's been a critical part of our process. And we you know we use a platform that I've mentioned before called Ontreport, which is an automation system. Uh, we use it at a very high level, and so we're able to engage. Um, there's probably you know a handful of technicians in the world that can operate at the level we need to and understand the way that platform works. And so we're able to engage with people around the world to provide that service if if we're unable to find the support that we need within our own country. And so that's one of the advantages of of going sort of with an international viewpoint is that you're able to attract people who have skill sets that might be missing or because of their rarity where you're located, you might have to pay a premium for that. And so you can get around that process by going to where there's more people with those skills and that knowledge. So it's been a really important part of the way we build businesses You know, all our team members, regardless of where they are, are treated the same. They're an integral part of the way our businesses uh, unfold and the service we deliver to our clients. And it's because of this framework that uh, not only can I sort of do what I'm doing, the way that I travel and the way that we run the businesses, but also we're able to deliver an exceptional level of service to our clients and various businesses. Well, that actually, um, going broke, which can be a challenge, you know, because you might have a viewpoint to deliver this exceptional service, but if you actually put all the resources in place, particularly when your revenue is growing, you're still at the smaller end of the business scale, it could end up pushing you into a loss-making process until you get your revenue to that level. Um, And I don't really, I don't work with that like that with businesses. You know, when I build and grow businesses, they have to make money. They have to be profitable from the get-go, and so I operate and run my business models So, they do that. And so, this building an international team enables you to do that. The other thing that I found uh, really helpful in the process of having team members everywhere is it gets you outside your backyard, wherever that may be. Um, You're talking to people and you're engaging with people that are typically engaging with other clients or other people or staff members or team members all around the world. Uh, And so, these could be, you know, we've got people that we work with, let's say in the UK, they work with clients all through Europe, all through America, all through Canada. And they're able to then bring their experience, expertise, uh, and knowledge uh, to the work they do with us. And this is the same with our, we've got a digital marketing agency that we've worked with for many, many years in um, in Serbia. Great team. Um, they have really excellent knowledge, which they've developed over the years by working with companies in different industries right across the world. So this International view of how you can operate a business, taking advantage of some of the, the things that might not necessarily take place in your country or in your industry, is a really smart way to um, to do different things, innovate in what in what your business may be. So there's a lot of advantages to uh, to creating an international team, uh, a lot of benefits in doing that. Uh, It is a slightly different process and I'm going to share information with how to go about doing that. The the probably key thing that I would suggest is that don't think of them as virtual assistants. You hear that term all the time. They're virtual assistants. It's a really funny term. Uh, we don't consider them as virtual assistants. They're team members for us. Um, we're all virtual, so it doesn't. That term really doesn't make any sense. Um, and you might you may want to look at it at a number of different levels. The first level is first way to get into it is pick an area where you you've got team members, or it's a, and it's a high cost for you, and you want to look at reducing the cost for delivering on that. And then you can source someone to provide that sort of function. But don't look at them as a short-term outsourced function. Look at that process as engaging someone who's going to be long-term with you. And so use the same sort of criteria and, and ideas that you would normally implement when you're employing people, whether they're, you're employing people internationally or within your own country. No difference. So that's probably an important thing. Don't think of them as VAs. Think of them as uh, long-term team members. And also, look at um you might have some very specialist skill sets you don't need to do it full time you know with engaging team members i've sort of talked about that before you know you might need someone who um you know ideally you you might have someone who's uh just uh, their kids are going to school, they're looking at getting back into the workforce where, wherever they are and they might, might only want to work 10 or 15 hours a week and they've got some very specialised skills. That's an ideal fit if that's what you need. So often you, you try to, you know, because of as a small business, what you might end up doing is um, looking at getting a generalist, you know, paying a relatively high salary for a generalist uh, because you need to engage someone and then you can give them enough activity for a full-time sort of role where the other approach to it is get a specialist Um, and they work part-time because that's what they need or it fits in with what they're doing and then that enables you to have a lower cost, absolute cost, but also uh, get um, pointed expertise in an area. And and by looking at uh, really opening your mind up and opening the way that you engage with people on an international platform uh, can really change your whole view of your business, how you can get things done and effectively deliver better service to your clients reduce your expense base and increase your profitability, which are all good outcomes. So hopefully that gives you some insights into the importance. I think the importance of really building an international team, even if you're not, not at this point operating your business in an international marketplace, it creates a, a really good basis and platform if you want to do that in the future. All right. Thanks for listening. Trust uh, that shed some light on the uh, importance. I think the importance of building an international team in your business. Stay well and ciao for now. Till next time.